0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Vietnam Innovators. I'm your host, Hal. Uh, thank you for tuning in week in and week out for supporting the show. Without you, the show would not be possible. Uh, today, we have a guest and the very first guest from Hai Phong. Hai Phong the largest port city in all of Vietnam, of course, based in the north of Vietnam. Um, it ships Anything and everything, mostly from the north of the country to around the world. And we have a guest here today that knows quite a lot about that. Mm-hmm. Not about the shipping business specifically, but more about the ports and industrial zones where the north has a prolific number of businesses operating in that space. So Bruno Jaspar, the CEO of Deep Sea Industrial Zones, a mm-hmm. Belgian company, but mostly Vietnamese. Uh, they've been here for a while and they have a lot to share today about that space. So Bruno. Thank you for being on the show.
1: Good morning. Uh, thank you for inviting. Yes, uh, I admit I live and work in Haiphong mm-hmm. and I'm proud to do so. Yeah, um, and it's quite different place than Ho Chi Minh, mm-hmm. um, but for us as a company, it's been a really nice place to get started in Vietnam. We arrived about 25 years ago, 26 actually, and mm-hmm. counting. Wow. Um, and in those days, there was probably almost nothing. So we started from scratch. Uh, we even had to build the first four-star hotel because there was not even a hotel. Wow. And from there onwards, we developed our current cluster of industrial zones. So mm-hmm. that represents about 3,400 hectares okay. of industrial space, which makes us one of the biggest, if not the biggest one in the north of Vietnam. Mm. And we are also the only European-based developer in the whole of Vietnam.
0: Fantastic. Mm. Yeah, a lot of stories from there. Just having him share about the fact that he lives and works in Haiphong, yeah. a lot of sparks and a lot of curiosity. Uh, and we'll, we'll hope to deep dive into that today in our podcast. Mm. Thank you, Bruno. We're going to start with some rapid-fire questions before sure. we get into the podcast. Mm. There's no right or wrong answer, so <laughs> please just keep them short. These uh-huh. are for those one-minute I'll try to keep them short. Exactly. Yeah. So first question for you, um, what brought you to Vietnam?
1: Work. What
0: excites you about Vietnam?
1: I think the limitless opportunities and the people.
0: What makes Vietnam an attractive location for industrial
1: development? I think today, I would say it's in the top three worldwide to develop industrial property. If you had to explain to a stranger what you did at Deep Sea, how would you do it? I solve problems for other people so that their investment can become success in Vietnam.
0: What makes Deep Sea different than other industrial park developers?
1: I would say we are by far the most sustainable, service-driven industrial developer you can find in Vietnam. And we are a developer with a twist. We are a bit quirky or a bit different or more European, but definitely we make a difference.
0: What's an innovation at Deep Sea that you're most proud of?
1: The thing I'm most proud of in Deep Sea is that we managed to set up an organic farm as a trial. We have been delivering the past year and a half. Everybody in our company that earns less than 15 million VND, hmm. twice a month of organic food basket from our own farm. And we are rolling that now out as a business model to all our customers.
0: On a Sunday at 10 a.m., where would you be and what you would you be doing?
1: On a Sunday, 10 a.m. either on my bike because I come from a bike crazy country and exercising, or I would be on the chaotic flower market of Haiphong, or I might be nipping in my favorite fur booth and having the fur, the best fur you can find in the whole of Vietnam, I believe. Amazing.
0: Okay. Uh, And last question before we get into the podcast What's your favorite Vietnamese word or phrase that you've learned?
1: I I can tell you the first one, which was Dap Chai. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very good, Bruno. Thank you for, for sharing that. Lovely. I,
0: I'm super curious about your business. <laughs> to be honest, uh, when Deep Sea came across my desk for this mm. interview, I was curious mostly because people don't talk about this a lot. And in particular, the fact that you guys are based in Haifom, you've been here for 26 or or so years and also a European investor Mm -hmm. most people believe that these more foundational industries like um, industrial zones are mostly Vietnamese companies they've been around for ages correct Uh, they're in the bigger places like Hanoi or Ho Chi Minh City but you guys are really uh, something different so So we developed our own
1: little niche pocket yeah I
0: I love it so um, why don't we just start with some like introduction of what you do Mm. At Deep Sea, how you even ended up there, and maybe a little bit of history of yeah. the Deep Sea company as well.
1: So, the first question how I ended up there somebody called me and said, It's time that you do something with your life. I was at that moment working in the States. Okay. Uh, I just sold my company that I started up in oil and gas in mm. the UK to American company. We took it to an IPO. I thought, Okay, what's next? And then I got a phone call. Mm. And after that phone call, I was on a plane to Vietnam and decided it's worth the challenge. Today, most of my work is actually aligning uh, the different shareholders we have in the various uh, companies because Deep sea is a cluster of companies. We mm-hmm. have now 12 legal entities in the okay. meantime, wow. but not all have the same shareholders. So there's quite a bit of strategic uh, negotiation to be mm-hmm. done. And um, secondly, I'm occupying myself mostly about um, how can we grow our company. Over the past five years, despite COVID, we managed to quintuple our company. So it's five times bigger than five years ago which is i believe one of the things i'm most proud of Mm -hmm. but of course we need to safeguard that for the future so that means we cannot only rely on what we've built up in Quanning and Haiphong, but we will also have to do something else and that is currently the stage we're at so we have a department our business development team that is looking into that and i'm working closely together with them to see what's next but overall i think as any other job where you're in charge of a team, and you should know probably just as well as me, it's about people. managing mm-hmm. people, making sure that your people can make a difference for your customers.
0: Yeah. And tell us about the history of how um, a mostly Belgian at the time company decided, hey, let's do something in Vietnam and Haiphong specifically. Yeah. Do you know how the history of that unfolded? I know, and I was the, there, the but I know. Yeah.
1: I believe Deep Sea would have never arrived in um Vietnam, to be honest, especially not in Haiphong, if not uh, for a very interesting um, fact that 26 years ago, the founders and the capital providers of the company wanted actually to invest in China. Mm-hmm. And they took an option on a very, a very good plot of land uh, nearby the Bund in uh, Shanghai. Mm-hmm. And they cut the deal and they flew to China. And at that moment, the Chinese partner backed out because he thought the deal was not good enough for him. And they raised the money, and they didn't have anything to invest anymore. (laughs) And as it happened, at that moment, there was an American company that was asked to invest in iPhone as part of a bigger investment drive because they wanted to get an insurance license, um, AIG, American Insurance Company. And they said, okay, fine, uh, We can invest in some industrial property, but we have no idea how to do this. And by sheer luck, that same week that the deal fell through in China, these people got the phone call from the American counterparts. And they said, you know what? We lost our time and money anyway. Let's fly from China to uh, Vietnam. They went to Haiphong. They looked at the port. At that moment, a dormant river port, um, hardly any development. And they've seen the same future that is today being realized. And they said, we will do it. That's That's fantastic. That's it.
0: 30, almost 30 years ago.
1: Correct. So it takes some vision and some guts and definitely some uh, convincing, I I think, for getting the shareholders and the capital providers on board for that. But um, they managed. And it was very slow, especially the first 10 years. Very, very slow, very Mm. tough. uh, Upstream against the stream, basically. But in the end they managed.
0: So, I mean, you mentioned just before this that the business has five
1: in five yes. years. Yeah.
0: So we're talking the first 20 years, a lot of foundational building,
1: also getting relationships, right. getting um, everything together. But also yeah. you cannot just be successful because you're great. Anyone who tells you that, you should not believe. Yeah, We've yeah. been lucky as well. Mm. Uh, we had Mr. Trump um, first coming down hard on China. Um, which created a first motivation for some people to Mm -hmm. think about China plus one. And then obviously um, North Vietnam um, benefited from that. Mm -hmm. And secondly, you had then um, COVID disrupting the logistics supply chain. So for the first time ever, people started to wonder, but is this actually what we should do? put all our eggs in one basket, should we really produce everything in China? Mm-hmm. Then you had uh, the congestion for, for all the container ports around the globe mm-hmm. uh, due to that um, disruption. So a number of geopolitical events have helped us, um, and I believe the fact that we could couple that with um, my condition when I took this job, that I was willing to take this on, but I, coming from oil and gas, I decided that, I wanted to make a difference in terms of sustainability when sustainability was not even the fancy word it is today. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we managed. We managed to um, rewrite our story, to set up new projects, um, new accents. And that's where we are today.
0: I want to pinpoint on one area that you, you've mentioned a couple of times now, mm-hmm. which is sustainability about ESG. And for our listeners, you may notice and recognize the name Deep Sea Industrial Zones because they were a partner of ours at our recent ESG investor conference. A few months back, um, and thank you for that support. By Either the way, and I remember that was the first time I heard about it. And mm. the branding looked pretty slick. Made me curious, like, what is this? And it turns out it's industrial zones, not mm. the sexiest business, but a very large part of the union's economy. Mind you, we're uh, very sexy. Okay, so you do believe that? Say, <laughs> so I, I want you to break the mold here a little bit. Why place such a focus on ESG and sustainability? What, how, what of a difference? What kind of difference does it make for a business like yours?
1: I believe not only for our business. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes sense for any business. Mm. But to explain that, I should perhaps go back when I started to explain my own people mm. um, because it was also an uphill battle internally. Okay, Because why should we invest money in making things better if we still just can do what we do, just sell land and that's it? For me, there is only one future. I keep repeating to all our people and our customers. And that future, by default, will have to be sustainable. Because if it's not sustainable, that means that When you're in the future, that new future for those people will just become increasingly more difficult. Mm -hmm. So whatever we do, we should keep in mind that what we're doing, we should be able to replicate time and time again in the future. Mm -hmm. And if you take that as a baseline, then your view on what you can do or cannot do might alter your day-to-day reality. So for Deep Sea, that is not a fancy report. Mind you, that we have now a... Mm -hmm. Uh, ESG report, the yep. first ever written by an industrial zone in uh, Vietnam. Okay. Uh, and we will keep doing that, like a our version of non-financial reporting towards the outer world. But for me, ESG is not a bunch of paper. ESG is or sustainability both have the same problem. They're m- linguistical mistakes. They should have not been a noun, but a verb. It means that you need to do something. Mm. It means that you make a difference, that you take action – to make things better. And I can give you many, many examples how we try to make that difference in deep sea, um, And I think that hits quite a few of the right notes, ticks the boxes for a number of uh, investors. But of course, there's still many investors with shorter term views um, that say, yeah. no, we, we don't care. Uh, we want just the cheapest price. We want the cheapest land, the cheapest people. My view on that is that in the near future, those companies will be the first to leave Vietnam again mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So I prefer to populate our parks with people with a long-term vision, and that can believe in the same values as we do. That means also, actually, that we sometimes refuse uh, customers. Mm-hmm. If somebody comes in, is willing to pay the highest price, but has a very polluting industrial process, we might refuse. Mm. If, um, for example, it uses coal, we will say no. Mm. If it reduces the amount of available water and we cannot recycle it, I believe it's also not a business that is meant to be there for the future.
0: Let's take a step back a little Mm. bit. I think this all sounds great. I think Mm. sustainability is not just good for the future, but it's Mm. good for the bottom line. Sure. Let's be frank about that as well. well.
1: Perhaps I I need to make it clearer. Mm. It's good for the bottom line. In the long term, mm. but in the short term, it does cost money. Okay, but many things cost money before they actually True. give you some profit back. through.
0: Were you guys always like this?
1: As a Definitely business?
0: not. And and what triggered that? Would you Me. say you? Okay, and it's and the only thing I what, take what personal credit you? for. Yeah, what triggered it within you as the CEO was it an experience ten years it's ago. It's part. It's
1: part of what I have tried to to build on over mm-hmm. my past careers. Okay. I've worked in chemicals, I worked in logistics, I worked in uh, metallurgy, and then oil and gas. Mm-hmm. And I've always tried to make changes from within. Mm-hmm. I know that many people can stand on the barricades and say, oh, we'll be green, and we will do this, and we will do that. I believe the biggest changes are from within. Oh, that's great. So that's why I try to step into an industry and step by step um, make a difference. I also believe that you cannot make big changes. It's like a ship, mm-hmm. um, and you can only steer it step by step. A ship cannot be reversed straight away, mm. and that's what step by step our policy in terms of sustainability is uh, uh, achieving. Okay, And I also believe we can take a certain credit for it because nobody forces us to do so. It's by our own sheer conviction and decision.
0: Very good. I know for a fact that most of the people—not most, but many of the people listening to the podcast—are in similar spaces. There mm-hmm. are their private equity investors, all the way to manufacturers to land investors. Mm-hmm. But for those that aren't familiar with this business, like me, I probably mm-hmm. know more than the average person. But mm-hmm. I, I'm very curious. Uh, walk us through what, how Deep Sea does business. Like, what do you guys sell, and and who are the customers buying? what you sell. Okay. Just walk us through the basics a little bit. I'll, that'll help break down the good. rest of the podcast. So
1: I'll, I'll try to imagine you're my customer. Yes. Okay, <laughs> there we go. And you might have heard of Deep Sea or you've seen our brand or you heard somebody speaking and you think, wow, that sounds cool. Um, perhaps it's a good place for us. We are based in the South, but perhaps we want to expand in the North or we're outside Vietnam and we need to find a new home for our newest expansion. Mm. First of all, you're never alone. Secondly, uh, we have to beat Vietnamese competitors day in, day out. And unfortunately, we will always lose on price. Mm. I do not even want to compete on price. Mm -hmm. That means that we need to offer you things that can make your life uh, better or that ticks a few boxes for what you need to comply with. So that means that um, when you're looking for land, actually you're looking for the same thing as anyone else. So, I have to tell you that all customers are more or less the same in generalistic terms they want plot of land of a certain shape Mm -hmm. um, as soon as possible available they want energy they want um, water or other utility services and they want people if you can cover that you can sell
0: and what kind of customers do you service right now like electronics makers Um,
1: lately we've had quite a bit of success in the electronics and manufacturing uh, partially, I believe, because they have to report to their customers mm-hmm. uh, in quite stringent terms, in terms of sustainability. Right. Uh, at the same time, also because we're close to a port and mm-hmm. it's very easy and cheap in terms of logistics for them mm-hmm. to ship everything out at that okay. moment. Uh, not, it's not for nothing that LG um, singled out haiphong seven years ago as their new offshore headquarters for uh, their biggest investments they've mm-hmm. ever done. Yeah. So uh, we have a lot of automotive Mm -hmm. But we have, um, at this moment, especially a lot of manufacturing, Mm -hmm. which is a bit strange because we're actually very close to the port and you would think that logistics would be the biggest amount of investors. That wave has not really yet uh, arrived. Mm -hmm. I believe with the further development of the new container terminals in Haiphong, that might arrive very soon. Okay. But to come back, we have those four things that everybody wants, but we have ports. Not everybody can offer port services okay. we can
0: so you guys own
1: yes we have well. a chemical okay. jetty um in um, Haiphong, and okay. we are um, developing a bulk cargo port in the new port of la Quien, also Haiphong, and we have another nine ports lined up in Quaning where we develop a complete new port cluster okay that will be connected to la Quien.
0: amazing a yeah. bit more full house kind of mm. suite of services there Everything you're saying sounds great. And you've had some really? caveats. Mm-hmm. You've mentioned like you can't compete on price. In fact, you'll probably be one of the more pricier options compared to the very, very affordable sure. options. Let's talk about the challenges of that. You're probably one of the market leaders, if not the market leader in mm. setting that standard for ESG and sustainability. I'm sure there's some challenges that come as a result. Your sales teams probably, you know, they very, like to pull very unhappy lever with lever <laughs> and Exactly, right? Uh, yes. They like to pull those levers to close the account, but they can't simply because the margins aren't. No, they're not anymore.
1: allowed. And they're not allowed to, see, yes. even, even then. Because we, I have a very good one on this. Mm. So, Obviously, everybody drives a car. Mm-hmm. In Vietnam, I noticed it's also quite important for some people to drive a really nice car. Yep. Mm-hmm. How many of them drive a Vietnamese car?
0: I mean, none of them, mm-hmm. probably. Well, in Haiphong,
1: yeah. a few, because we have I'll VinFast, that right. but, but even then. Yeah. So why would you drive a Porsche or an Audi if you can buy a VinFast? Mm-hmm. So that's the same reason why you might want to select similarly yeah. like your car, perhaps a better industrial zone. Mm -hmm. If it's only about money, how much you pay for the land, fine, Mm -hmm. go for the cheapest one. But then you have to also accept the consequences. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe that um, there is a very big schism or paradigm where in Vietnam, a lot is short term. You have so many opportunities in this country where you as a customer, you can invest $1 million today in this and you get a return within a year. Setting up factories is actually something that takes a long time. Mm. And I believe it's one of the reasons why the supply chain is still not populated enough by Vietnamese companies. Mm. I believe more Vietnamese companies could pop up and become good partners for the FDI investors. But still, it's not happening so fast. Mm. And I think it's partially because there are so many other opportunities that are easier. And we are definitely telling a different story. Mm. We don't go for the easy way. Because like you say, our salespeople obviously would be happy to give discounts, yeah. mm-hmm. but I think they should sell on our merit.
0: Let's talk about easier opportunities. What does that mean exactly? Is it mean, in the industrial zone industry? Does that mean like there are fewer regulations, fewer requirements, fewer CapEx requirements? What does what easier mean in but industrial zone? But so many
1: things systems? are easy. You mm-hmm. can, an industrial zone um, should provide all the necessary services. But, for example, about 95% of all industrial zones will outsource all electricity to EVN. Okay. Under the current constraints for energy supply, of course, that creates quite a a few issues. We have gone for the hard way. We invest ourselves in our own grid. So, the whole of Deep Sea has only one customer for the EVN. It's us. Hmm. And we have our own electricity distribution uh, company that is actually delivering um, directly to our customers. And we have our own electricity generation through renewables.
0: I, I'm I'm so curious. that yeah. I, I want to get on a plane and go to High Farm and see sure. all this. It's, it's so the city of I, your I dreams, but you don't realize it yet. I will be going in a couple months. I yeah. will have to take up your offer, Bruno. But just so the, the audience can help understand and illustrate the scale of an industrial zone operation, especially yours, mm. where it's a bit more fully integrated. How many hectares are we talking about? How many employees are we talking about? We're
1: talking about 3,400 hectares. Okay. Are you the, um, deep Sea must be the largest land investor. In high I believe that, that represents point? almost twenty percent of uh, the industrial land in the north at this moment. Okay, in the fully entire approved, yeah, yeah, fully approved. Okay. So there's many, many more zones yeah. on the way to get a concession approved, but okay. that are on the market today. That's in roughly all of North Vietnam. Yes,
0: twenty percent, Deep Sea. Okay. Yes,
1: for a small oh. company from yeah. a small country.
0: That's a small company? <laughs> well, from a well, small we country. Are,
1: well, are, okay. I, I still consider as a small company. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And we have 400 people today. When I arrived, that is actually tomorrow, exactly five years ago, mm-hmm. um, We, I was number 113.
0: Okay. So, yes. Yeah. Okay, incredible growth then for the last few years. Again, I want to go visualize all mm-hmm. this. So, But um, it's
1: big. That means uh, for us, if you drive from one... And mm. to the other end, you will yeah. be driving without traffic jams mm-hmm. for at least an hour.
0: Let's talk about, you mentioned the logistics industry. Mm. You're, you, some Vietnamese companies are not investing too much into it or are not reliant I on I believe it.
1: logistics they do, yeah. they still attempt. Okay. But I believe the bigger problem that I see having worked in multiple industries, I believe not enough Vietnamese entrepreneurs mm. go for the higher added value. Mm. Of course it takes more knowledge, it takes more time, also more money, and there are easier um, concepts to be found. Driving a truck is Mm -hmm. easy, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Building a a shoddy warehouse and just store things inside, but repackaging it, Mm -hmm. uh, sending it out, uh, labeling it up for different countries. uh, All what is called third-party services from a logistics viewpoint, I think any player today in vietnam is foreign japanese will have some japanese providers korean some korean providers here in the south you have some european logistic players but there's a lot of money to be made but it asks a higher degree of quality a higher standard mm-hmm. that you need to live up to okay same for all kinds of industrial um, supply and there's plenty of plenty of our investors in our zones asking for more local sourced components, mm. metal component, plastic components. So,
0: so Vietnamese entrepreneurs
1: could stand a benefit greatly. I believe they, they're if they, great. If, if they can service those capabilities. But yeah. I think you can still make a lot of money by doing less difficult things. Mm. I, at least that's my personal opinion. Mm. Uh, I believe it's getting better. Mm. Uh, but I also really think that, um, we, we have some Vietnamese companies that started out as supplying, uh, just one of a small scale, some foreign companies, and now are growing tremendously fast. Mm. So I think it's possible. Okay. Mm.
0: Looking ahead for Deep Sea, I think mm. you've laid a pretty good understanding of where you guys are, what you, what you've been doing, largely speaking, for the past five years. What's the next five years look like for Deep Sea? Uh, you're expanding to mm. different provinces, even, and I'm sure your ambitions don't stop there. Um, would love for you to share more about what, what you hope um, to do in the next five. Yeah, well, ambitions should never stop, I guess, sure. right? Yeah. But what to do next?
1: Mm. I believe if, um, if I would have gone back in time five years ago, you would have asked me, where would you be? I would be quite happy with what we have achieved today after five years mm. without any prior knowledge. Having lived it for five years, I think we could have done still a lot better. Uh, there was... COVID, which mm. nobody could foresee, but yes. definitely stopped our growth in the middle uh, of where actually okay. you can't get anybody in, so you can't sell anything to anyone. Mm. We want to expand um, under the right conditions, in the right places. Yeah. Um, that means we might have to go boldly where no one has ever gone. Um, just like we've done in Haiphong. Okay. Uh, there's a number of provinces we are um, looking into. There's also the possibility to team up with a local player. Uh, bring in our now how our brand um, and then use their land bank and develop that one mm. some people make a pass at us and say oh, can we work together um, so there are some talks nothing's been signed up mm-hmm. um, but it's definitely on the map of okay. the future so in five years from now um, I would still like to have uh, the same available land bank as we have today so out of our 3400 hectares we have now roughly 1,850 left, Um, if we sell about 200 a year, that means that we need to create a new land bank of at least 1,000 hectares in the next five years Mm -hmm. if we don't want to diminish what we have in store now. So that would be one part of our expansion. The second part would be I would like to integrate even more services than we do today. Mm -hmm. So we're now looking at a first uh, project where we will deliver steam. Mm Uh, and as a byproduct, generate from that green steam project uh, actually um, green uh, energy. Um, I hope also to roll out our deep sea farm model. I would really like that to take off anywhere in Vietnam because I think it had the ambition and the possibility to become something very unique. Um, and in five years from now, the thing that would make me most proud is we can say at that moment that we have proven over the past 10 years that you can develop economic growth that is sustainable.
0: That's an incredible mm. mission. Well done. Yes, um, I might not I'm sleep for forward. five years. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you can imagine you guys can open a port that doesn't even exist by the end of your tenure. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. Well, you um, never know. You never know. Um, yeah.
1: I had, um, last year, there was a visit of the prime minister of Vietnam mm. to, um, to the prime minister of Belgium. Okay. And I was honored to be asked to, to give a speech. And I explained to him that the first lesson I had to learn and accept in Vietnam, is that everything is a problem. Mm. But the second lesson was much more important. For all the problems in Vietnam, there are also solutions. Mm. And I think if you can make that mental click, I believe combining some Western insight with Vietnamese drive, loyalty, and, and entrepreneurship, you can get quite far.
0: Well, best of luck to Deep Sea and, and looking mm. forward to how the next five years play out. And I will be visiting Haiphong. And if you guys are curious about what Bruno and his team does at Deep Sea, uh, check out their website. We'll include some information in the bottom below um, or pay them a visit in Haiphong. I have two last questions, sure. Bruno less about Deep Sea, but more about the people and the team and a little bit about mm. yourself as well. Haiphong, uh, huge population, but at the same time, a lot of well educated Haiphong locals. Uh, move elsewhere. They moved to Hanoi, they moved to Ho Chi Minh City. In fact, at Vietcetra, probably 10% of our companies is from Haiphong, actually. I don't know the exact number, but
1: they should join us. I know.
0: That. <laughs> I, I was about to say, like, what is it like hiring for a company like Deep Sea, which is quite, you know, cutting edge and trying to you know, move ahead in the game and, and not just be another industrial zone operator, but introducing ideals like sustainability and and whatever it might be. Mm. How is the hiring like at, at Deep Sea for being based in Haiphong?
1: The hiring is the same as anywhere else. Mm. It's a battle for talent. Okay, But we also need to be clear that um, we are a bit privileged mm. because I truly believe that if you walk through oh. the doors of Deep Sea, our office yep. or our park, you do not feel necessarily to be in Vietnam. Uh, all our communication is in English. Um, we um, have a, a European management style quite open, quite um, diverse, I think. 65% of our companies is female, uh, 85% in the office, actually. Many people from Haiphong studied abroad or studied in one of the big cities in Vietnam and then don't go back. But Haiphong people are very uh, loyal, I believe, to their city. Many of them still like Haiphong. It's not a city that they can easily compared to hanoi or ho chi minh today there's also uh, it looks also very different it almost gives you the feel of a village for mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. Um, but imagine now that you studied abroad and you're really smart but you want to go back to Haiphong and live with your family what mm-hmm. is the nicest place that you could think of working in um, that combines Haiphong with part of what you picked up abroad mm-hmm. and then i think we make a good chance yeah. to convince you to actually join us and work in Deep Sea. There you go. I believe Deep Sea as a company is also quite outgoing. Um, we have the biggest city festival that we have set up ourselves. Uh, it's called Beer Fest. All of you are invited. It's the first weekend of October. It's a Belgian beer and food festival um, for three days. I'm,
0: I'm not even lying. I was actually thinking about that. Weekend. You should do October that.
1: 6th to 8th? Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah. So and we did an, uh, it is. just before COVID the first time. Uh, people told me it's impossible. There was never an outdoor music festival um, for as long as people could remember. And we had um, almost 3,000 people every night. Uh, we did it last year for the first time again after COVID. Um, and this year, um, it ties in with 50 years' relation between Belgium and Vietnam. Right. So it should be even, luckily, I hope so, fingers crossed, um, better and bigger than ever before. So by all means... I will be happily treating you to a few Belgian beers. Very good.
0: No, I, I Definitely, that was on my agenda, and I will Mm. have to follow up with you about that, Bruno. Last question, which Mm. I always like to ask all of my guests on this show. You're an expert about a lot of things, but primarily industrial zones, at least Mm. in the last five years. Correct. And you as an executive, of course, would love to know Mm. a lot more to empower your leadership, your knowledge about operating a business, being here in Vietnam, whatever it might be. So my question for you is, and it's for the purpose of this show as well, what would you like to know more about that you don't know enough about? either personally, professionally, for example, and I use this example all the time. um, A lot of our guests say they want to know more about sustainability. A lot of them say they want to know more about the airline industry, and they just don't come from those, and they want people to deliver those insights. And thank Mm -hmm. you. You've answered a few people's requests. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I think that's very helpful. Thank you, Bruno. But for you, um, what would you like to know more about that can help your personal career or just even your personal interest?
1: Uh, First of all, I I need to say that in my career, I have made some strange choices okay. because most people go into one sector and they mm. stay, mm. because if you stay long enough, you become worth more money, and then that makes you also um, an expert. An expert, or expert. Yep. and I sometimes have decided to jump from one sector to another, even accepting that I would actually earn less. Actually, for this very job, I earn less than my last job, <laughs> um, but that's fine because I believe that way you can get to know more things and get better at it. Mm. Running industrial zones, as a matter of fact, um, is quite um, complex. Mm. There's many different industries coming to you. Uh, You need to know about the law, you need to know sales, but there's also the the fact that you need to deal with the government. And having done so many uh, different sectors before, well, so many different three, but okay, um, helps because it gives you a more general view on what matters. And you also better understand the investors. Mm. So I strongly believe that um, whatever you would like to know, that's simple. Study. Mm. So me, my favorite pastime um, would be studying. I must be old-fashioned. I still read books. uh, But you also have the internet. So at this moment, I am studying how to uh, set up a biological fish farm. Okay, That's o- on behalf of deep sea or? Perhaps, or for my own. But <laughs> okay, it's, But it's something that I really believe in, that oh. most of the future fish will be farmed, mm. and you have a lot of organic farms, but you have so far no organic fish farming. So I'm studying that, and I reach out to people and ask their opinion. So I believe the biggest virtue of today's age is whatever you study. you, you can. T- you, of course, we can do fancy MBAs, you mm. can do another uh, master, but... But in reality, if you want to know something, you can do it. Okay. Having okay. said that, your question was, what do you really want to know? I have to admit, okay. I would really like to speak proper Vietnamese. Sure, sure. But it's really, really tough. I'm
0: sure it is, yeah. especially, well, in Haiphong it must be easier. I'm not sure if there are many teachers of Vietnamese for foreigners. Yeah, well, in Haiphong, plenty of but
1: teachers, but I think yeah. it's really tough. Yeah. And I like languages. I speak seven, mm. but I have to admit that... Vietnamese is challenging my capabilities, right, right, or I should right. devote more, more time to it, but.
0: Okay, yeah. well, there you go, everyone. So um, if you can answer one of Bruno's two most must-learn things, one is about organic fish farming, mm-hmm. uh, how that process works. I have a couple of introductions to make for you myself, actually, mm-hmm. I know an oyster farm in How Wang Bay, Mm. Uh, the owner of an oyster farm. I actually toured it three years ago. I'm going back again that oh, same weekend. That would be so great, yeah. maybe I'll take you. Let's see if we have time. Yeah, well, We um, can
1: swap it for a few Belgian beers. Sure. There we though. go. Uh,
0: and the second one is I know a farmer who makes caviar with sturgeon.
1: Yeah.
0: I believe it's in De Latt, but I have to check again. Yeah, he will be his own farm.
1: somewhere more up, right? Higher up yeah, because the, of the, the temperatures. Yes. Right. Yeah.
0: So he's another candidate. But um, about. Learning Vietnamese, I can't help you at all, but I'm sure there's many others out there. Bruno, uh, Bruno Jasper, the CEO of Deep Sea Industrial Zones. It's been a pleasure to have you on the mm-hmm. show. Um, I don't know anything about this space, and I've learned a little bit today, and I'm even more curious uh, after this. I can't wait to check out your Deep Deepsea and Haifam mm-hmm. and then learn more about what you guys do. If you guys are interested in learning more about what Bruno does and his team, uh, just check out the info below. Uh, we have a lot of reading to share for you guys. Bruno, thank you for dropping by the studio. The here pleasure was entirely City mine. It and, was uh, uh,
1: great to have a little chat. Yeah. And I believe if anyone is interested either to join us mm. or to get to know more about how it's possible that we actually make a profit being a sustainable company, they are more than welcome.
0: Okay, very okay. good. Thanks, everyone, and see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you to the Century Vietnam for accompanying Vietnam Innovators. The Century is Vietnam's leading social real estate developer and community creator. With a focus on innovation and creativity, The Century are pioneers in Vietnam's co-working and flexible office sector. From grade A co-working spaces that ignite creativity, curated lifestyle events driving community to co-living developments that foster connections, The Century is redefining the real estate landscape ecosystem. The Century, your business launchpad partner in Vietnam. You can also check out the video version of this podcast on our other platforms such as YouTube and Facebook. New episodes are out every week, so don't forget to subscribe to Vietcetra's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube channel for more interesting content.